Welcome back to Mastering Metil, an e-commerce masterclass covering everything you need to know about the world of digital commerce brought to you by Flywheel Digital. My name is Emma Irwin, your host for the series, and I'm a senior editor and specialist at Flywheel. In this episode, the first of two parts, we're continuing on our journey to mastering digital commerce in Asia with a focus on the key marketplaces in China. Here in part one, we'll cover Alibaba and the Alibaba-owned Tmall and Taobao. Looking at these marketplaces from the perspective of me, a Western consumer who also works for Western brands and wants to give these brands the information necessary to excel in retail and media elements now on a global scale. Our guest in this episode will, at a high level, teach us about these three marketplaces by covering operations, some retail elements, advertising, the consumer experience, key characteristics of winning brands or sellers, and so much more. I am delighted to introduce our guest for this episode, Amber Chen, SVP of Partnerships and Global Account Development China at Flywheel Digital. Let's get to learn more about her by asking some of our recurring questions. But first, I had to figure out where she actually shops the most because in China, as you'll learn here, there's a lot of options. A question that we ask everyone is, I'm actually going to ask you first, where do you most commonly purchase things as a consumer? You personally. Ah, uh, it's interesting because I have a relatively big family in China. Currently, I have two kids and somehow we are living together with my parents-in-law. Of course, we are not living in the same house, but they are not far away. So in the same time, we are expecting our third kids within a month. <laughs> so I am actually the so-called or literally the purchasing decision maker in my family, <laughs> right? That's what marketing people say all the time. And in China, people most of the time say those kind of women, they are the most valuable clients for all marketplaces. We own a lot of budget. So uh, most of the time I buy things from Taobao. And I am also on the membership from uh, Sam's Club. Sam's Club, interesting. Yes, yes. Sam's Club is quite popular in tier one cities now in China, and they have huh. several stores in Shenzhen, Shanghai, and Hangzhou. Uh, we live in Hangzhou, so uh, there's one uh, close to where we live. So most of the time, because there are so many people in, in Sam's Club in the weekend, so most of the time I order things from their app. So most of the grocery or the dairy, the dairy, the food, a lot of the meat, everything we generally buy it from a Sam's Club, but for other things, those we say more standardized products, the cosmetic products, the clothing, everything, we, we, most of the time I buy on uh, Taobao.com. Of course, we use uh, JD sometime, but uh, not that often, because uh, there's still the difference, as we in China say, when you visit Taobao, it was more or less like you go shopping. You see a series of products one by one, and you can scroll in the screens from time to time and you, you may spend over two hours a day on them. But on JD, there was much quicker decision making. You just go there and you search the keywords that you are looking for and you buy it and you go. I see. It's kind of like Amazon versus something like TikTok or Pinterest. Yes. So 
We used to say Jack Ma was the richest guy in China, and we are those women stand behind him to make him so rich. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is the last thing? Let's use Taobao. What's the last thing you bought from Taobao? Ah, let me check. <laughs> Actually, it's really interesting because Taobao used to have some. It was like a reckless、uh, sharing with consumer up to double eleven. I'm already inserting myself in here. Double Eleven, you might hear more commonly called Singles Day over here in the West, or what is quite literally the largest shopping event in the world every single year. Back to Amber. It was like、uh, you were on which person、uh, percentile that your purchasing power in Double Eleven during the campaign, and in one time because I live very close to Alibaba Group, so me and. Over thousands of Alibaba staff, we are living in the same district. So at one time, I don't remember 2020. I think in that year, double eleven, my total purchasing amounts is more than 100 percent of other people <laughs> in this area. It was like I buy the most in this district. It really shocks me. It was like, <laughs> oh, all those people working for Alibaba, why, why don't they buy things? They are so busy with their work, right? That's funny. Yeah, it's very interesting. The last thing I bought from Taobao recently is some cosmetics from Fenty Beauty. <laughs> nice. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> Rihanna going worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fenty Beauty has got quite popular in China recently. Interesting. Good. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question for you. We ask this to everyone as well, so I'm going to ask it now, but we'll come back to it at the end to kind of wrap us up. But something that is on your digital wish list, which means that it sits in a cart forever, but you won't actually purchase it. So I'm going to have you think about that, and we'll come back to it at the end, and then I'll kind of ask you why won't you purchase it. Sound good? Okay. Yes. Actually. There's always over 100 items in my purchasing cart. <laughs> You're like me. <laughs> yes. Finally, finally, someone. Now that we know Amber a bit better, we can get to work. I have had a blast learning about all the different Chinese marketplaces and have been amazed by how there are so many that exist. I know China has quite a large population. But I needed to ask, how and why are there so many different marketplaces? It's very interesting because I'm not sure how many people understand how big China country is. <laughs> Actually, we we have all, almost a similar size in as a country. We have, I think, it's nine point six million square meters. So that was a、That's、big a one, very close to the size of the whole USA, maybe. A little bit even bigger, and on the other side, we have over 1.4 billion people here. We are still the largest population in the world, right? So, in any sense, the markets in China is we say it. It was not only very big; it's also very deep. So we when we say there are tier one, tier two, tier three cities, but as we say in China, there are even tier eighteen cities or counties. So the behavior and the consumer needs of all the people in this country is quite fragmented. We have cities like Shanghai, people living there almost like we live in New York and Tokyo and London. But we also have those those rural areas, 
even for those rural areas, uh, people in the east coastal areas and the west parts of the country live in a completely different way. So uh, in any sense, if we do the comparison, actually the differences of Chinese people in different parts of the country is quite similar to the European Union. The southern people is different from the northern ones. Yes. So some northern people, they've never eaten anything that we are so fam familiar with in the southern parts of China. I think most of the time it's because we are a very uh, complicated markets and different marketplaces, they meet the needs of different people, different kinds of people. That's why when we are in China, we do quite a lot of consumer segmentation to understand what does their real consumers are. And positioning, as we say in marketing, is uh, especially important in this market. So we don't think there's going to be one to win all the markets in China. Covering key marketplaces in China one by one, with those hints of me-tail, of course, can only be started with none other than Alibaba. The first marketplace that we have to cover, I think, has to be Alibaba. And something really fascinating to me. So I'd love for you to tell me about what Alibaba is. What is the business model? Does anything exist like this in the West? But I'm going to preface it with, I didn't even realize that Alibaba was a B2B kind of business until I started researching. And I can't be the only one who wasn't really aware of that. <laughs> so kind of take that with how we're going to describe what Alibaba is to Western brands kind of looking to learn more. Yeah, actually, it's quite interesting because most of the time people outside of China will say Alibaba is an e-commerce business or e-commerce company. If you were in China, Alibaba is even bigger than that. Because in China, we will say Alibaba is a total ecosystem. Which means they are not, of course, their core business is re very closely related to e-commerce. We have Taobao and Tmall, but Alibaba also acquired and they also have other business branch into different daily use app of Chinese people. They have, for example, they used to be the owner of Weibo, which is the Chinese version of Twitter. And also they used to, they own one of the largest video sites in China, which is Youku. I think the name is very close to YouTube, as you can hear from that. And also <laughs> they owned the largest uh, mapping app in China. Everyone driving on the road, they use Gauda map. So that's why we say they were an ecosystem. They were so closely related to people's life all, all over China. And also they owned their Alibaba cloud business, which is a very B2B business. And that's why uh, I think in recently people have heard the news that Alibaba group is going to split itself into six main parts and a lot of uh, series of standalone companies. There was a big news in China. And also I would recommend people if you are really interested in the business landscape in especially the internet one or the decom one may read more about that that's this really interesting one for sure it's fascinating i read this book that i can't find the title but i will come in and like insert myself speaking the title in post-production here hey it's me the book is called the future of global retail learning from china's retail revolution i bought my version on amazon and i highly recommend it 
and it was even recommended to me by a friend of the show, Mark Menino, which means that you have to read it. It was recommended to me to kind of understand the entire ecosystem in China related to digital commerce. And it was just fascinating. It blew my mind. Yes. But Alibaba sounds kind of like Google if I had to kind of sort of compare it to something over here. Nope. But most of the time, people will compare Alibaba to Amazon, right? It was like they are all starting from decom business and then they stretch to the cloud business. Amazon have AWS and Alibaba have Alibaba Clouds. They were kind of similar. But if we are a consumer or we are a seller on the platform, actually we feel it a very different way. So when people say, especially in the decom business, who is more look like Amazon, I would say actually JD is more like Amazon. But Alibaba is not. Alibaba is more or less like shopping mall. But for Amazon, we'll say it was more like supermarkets or hypermarkets. What's the difference? If I was the owner of a shopping mall, actually, I rent space for different sellers to sell their products here, right? So for the shopping mall, their key uh, targets was to drive traffic or drive consumers to visit the shopping mall and to make sure all those consumers, they have a good time here. They can spend as much as they can. And they got commission from the transaction. So actually, it's not necessary that consumer buy any specific products from any specific store. And for all the sellers, they should decorate their own store. They should have the selling people and they should have all the product presence well to really get consumers interested. Did you catch this retail tip for brands and sellers? the importance of how your online brand store essentially is designed to provide the best consumer experience. We've heard a lot about this before. It doesn't matter which one is the one that sells the products. They care about the total GMB. But Amazon is different. Actually, Amazon, we, we say they have a lot of service by FBA fulfilled by Amazon, right? So it was more or less like Amazon buy products from different brands or different sellers, and then they sell it to consumers. So that's why we say they're, they're more like Walmart. I mean, those hypermarkets. So for Alibaba, they never own any products by themselves in most of the case. But for Amazon, they do own, they have all those storage area for people to put their products in their warehouse first, and then they deliver it to all consumers all over the world. But for Alibaba, it was you send the products directly from seller to buyer. I see. My brain is spinning. Okay. <laughs> so let's say I'm a seller on Alibaba. How do I stand out from all of the other sellers? Like, what is the product assortment like? Is it kind of you can buy anything? What are those kind of key characteristics of sellers that are winning on Alibaba? Yes, it's interesting. That's why, as you see, in the whole Alibaba ecosystem, there is something called TP companies. Those we say they are Tmall partner companies. They are working with a lot of those big brands or MNC companies. They were like those online distributors that providing services to large companies. But as we didn't see those kind of thing in the ecosystem of Amazon, right? <laughs> it was actually Amazon was the distributor itself. But in Alibaba's business, there are some people played as the distributor here. 
So they have a team of people to help you to decorate the store. I mean, the page, the homepage of your flagship store about the product page and to help you to fulfill the needs of those uh, consumer requesting. They provide those uh, salespeople to answer questions and they set up a lot of marketing plans to promote the store. So uh, if we want to sell sell things uh, quite well on Alibaba, it was more or less like we have an offline brick and mortar store. We need to make sure every aspect of the store is perfect. Consumers can get what they need, the key information, and they can return things here. They can repurchase. We can call. We can use the CRM, uh, the loyalty plan, to engage with consumers very often. We can call them back and to visit us again. We can post ads to attract them to the store. All those things are necessary to help brands to grow business in this marketplace. I see. This is fascinating. Yes. So as for the nature of this business, actually, I'm not sure whether you know, but the biggest revenue of Alibaba's decom business is from advertising revenue. Actually, the commission fee of Timo and Taobao is it's only around one-tenth of the total adver- advertising revenue they got from all those sellers on the platform. Amber has led us right into advertising or media. We've covered the nitty-gritty of media in the past, but do all of these elements, even down to available ad units, function as we've learned so far about them on this podcast? And a heads up, Amber will mention site appearances of Tmall and Taobao, which if you are unfamiliar with these, don't worry, we'll dive deeper in just a bit. All right, on advertising. I think Chinese people is really good at to design all kinds of advertising formats on e-commerce. And whenever you visit a Taobao page or the app, you will see it's way more colorful than we see on Amazon, right? It's so colorful. The color is always orange, pink, purple, red. It just gets you very enthusiastic to buy, <laughs> right? So... The advertising system on Alibaba is way more complicated. Actually, I would say Tmall is way more complicated. They have, of course, they have those search engine uh, listing products. So you you search the keywords, and it was more or less like the sponsor as those products that had that pay the best price for the keywords. They will be in the upper front page. That's one thing, and also they have those DSP ads. So we we say that we spend a lot of time on Taobao. We can roll in, the, we can scroll on the screen because we there is an area in Chinese uh, means guess you like. So you can based on your records of visits and purchase, there's going to be a list of products they recommend to you. Actually, the that downfall is endless. You can scroll in all the time. So there are still、uh, advertisements placement、uh, in this area. So this, those are the DSP advertisements, as we know, and also they have something called brand zone.、Uh, this is very interesting because whenever you search a brand name, for example, I search Langong on Taobao, and you will see a very big area on the upper screen. It was like on the a third of the whole、uh, first screen. You will see a very big banner to drive you directly into Lancome's flagship store, and in this area, the advertising is always very, very fancy. 
It was as if you were visiting the offline store of Lancome. So those are the key types of advertising, and also uh, actually for Alibaba because the media business unit of Alibaba is called Alimama. <laughs> It's still An interesting name, right? Because in Alibaba, we know it's from the story of Alibaba and the forty theft. But、uh, in Ali Mama here,、uh, Mama means mummy in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a very interesting name. But、uh, what's even more interesting is Ali Mama sells advertisements to a lot of sellers, and they sell not only the traffic within Taobao or Timo app. They also have a lot of external traffic. For example,、uh, we say there are a lot of apps, even acquired or owned by Alibaba itself. They can still、uh, drive. Alibaba can just deliver your advertisement to those apps outside of e-commerce、uh, site. And also, Alibaba has a very big advertisement exchange center. So even you can buy. Uh, you can purchase the advertising placement on WeChat or on Tik or on Douyin, which is the Chinese version of TikTok, and other many other apps outside of the Alibaba ecosystem. So, in any sense, if you would like to spend your budget on Alibaba, it it was like you can spend as much as you want. With this, we're going to move forward and begin to talk about Tmall and Taobao. And you're probably thinking that it seems like we've only just scratched the surface of Alibaba, and you would be correct on that. So if you want an even deeper dive here, reach out to me and let me know. I do promise, though, that there's juicy info, especially for brands that listen, coming in this next section. Why don't we kind of, because Alibaba owns Tmall and Taobao, kind of like briefly go over both of those? Yes, Taobao at this moment it's originally a C2C、uh, website. And in I think it was founded in two thousand and three, and it's got it's getting very popular in China because in that year that was the same year of SARS, <laughs> so a lot of people they can't go outside. They are trying to learn to shopping online, and the business of Taobao just go boomed. I think it's quite similar as in the U.S. during the COVID cases, right? So at that time, a lot of people actually the first batch of consumers are trying to buy things online, and at that time, not a lot of branded clients would do it that way. But a lot of small sellers they have already do it online. So since then, Taobao is growing very very fast. At that time, I think Taobao's key competitor in China is eBay.com, but Taobao is is the company that say we. As we said, they didn't get a commission through the trade, so a lot of sellers they ship their store from eBay to Taobao and they win the case. So as we said, most of、uh, even for now, most of Alibaba's revenue is the profit is from advertising. <laughs> it wasn't from the transaction of sales.、Mm-hmm. So it's very it's a smart move to help Taobao really win the markets. And but at that time, Taobao is more or less like online flea markets because it it was utterly C to C business.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, what's interesting is in 2009, the owner of Taobao they realized that they should have not on, that they shouldn't position themselves as a online flea market. They want more and more brands to sell things online. 
and that was the core business of trading in the real markets, right? So actually, in two thousand and nine, they have those Taobao shopping mall founded. That was the previous stage of Tmall. I think it was in two thousand twelve they changed the Taobao shopping mall to Tmall. So ever. After that, there's placement for all those branded seller to sell things to sell things online. So it was a B two C business, and Timo was starting from there. Perfect. That's a interesting way. I just learned a lot in going from Taobao and them kind of realizing they want wanting brands on there rather than being an online flea market. And then you get Timo. And would you say that Timo, like, say you're a Chinese brand? Is Tmall the most important place to be, or no? <laughs> When you say a brand, actually, it depends. Of course, for most of those big brands at this moment, Tmall、mm. is still one of one of their、uh, biggest channel of sales at this moment. And I mean, for online business, Tmall is almost、uh, the most important one. But if we split it by different categories, things may change. But we we still know that Timo and Taobao owns over fifty percent of the total market share, even until now in China on all the decom business, which includes Tim Alibaba, JD, Douyin, and PDD all together. Timo still owns over fifty percent of the market share. So of course, seeing from the big number, it's it's very important. Okay. We've got a bit of an understanding of Tmall and Taobao now, and why they exist. So I wanted to know what the key characteristics were of the players winning on Tmall and Taobao, whether they be big brands or small or sellers. And Amber delivered four. I think the strategy people play on Taobao and Tmall is relatively different, but as in China, we whenever we analyze the a marketplace or a brand online, we will say three key factors. One is about the consumer, and the second one is about the products, and the third one is about the placement, which means the I think in most of the cases we'll say it's about the channel, the sales channel or the media channel. So if they want to really perform very well in this market, because it's a huge market, so you are competing not not only with your compete competitors, but with over ten million sellers online. So in any、oh、sense. Yes, the Timo and Taobao have more than ten million sellers on their platform, and I think for their SKUs, which are over ten billion SKUs, there. So, in any sense, they need to understand more about their consumer. Who are they selling their products to? They should、uh, know it very well, and especially it is important in China because we are such a huge country with such a big population. And the second one is about products. So, how do you present your products really well, and how do you set the price that's really attractive? Because people will compare price on among different marketplaces, and also they will compare price among different brands. So, the the price strategy is very important, and also they need to see how they. How they can engage with their consumer with products from time to time. So those are the things about products. The third one is about channel. It's about the sales channel as well as the media channel.、Uh, when it comes to sales sales channel, even for a brand, they can have different types of store online on Timo. 
They can have their flagship store. They can encourage a lot of their other distributors to have those stores online too. So as we said, there's going, for example, for one brand, they can have a cluster of stores online to make sure they have the total market share. And also they can have a cross-border store and they can sell products on, on Timor supermarkets. So those are the sales channel. They can, they should analyze the different channels, consumer uh, characteristics, and to see to see how to place their products in different stores is the best strategy to gain growth. And when it comes to media channel, it was about because decom is very different to the traditional media or commerce business because it was you see what you buy, right? So. Whenever you were attracted by the advertisements, you you can easily fall into the purchasing process. So how you spend money, how you plan your total media strategy is also very important. So uh, I think those are the four key factors that is so important when we were trying to study the markets or when we were trying to have a better business performance in this market. Boom. To recap. Those four takeaways are understanding the consumer in a diverse landscape, knowing how to present product well with the right price, and understanding your channel from the sales perspective, and then the media, three and four. And this advice is good for anyone selling in these marketplaces, even international brands. To wrap up this episode, we aren't circling back to Amber's digital wishlist. You'll have to listen to part two of The Key Marketplaces in China, where we're going to cover JD.com, Douyin, and Pindodo to hear what one of those hundreds of items in her digital wishlist are. But I did have an alternate wrap-up question for this episode. I needed to know how Amber became so knowledgeable about e-commerce operations in the US and EMEA. I think most of the case, and DZ provides services to uh, MNC companies. I mean, those multinational companies. We, of course, we will receive a lot, a lot of questions from them. They ask us to do the comparison between China and the Western markets. So that's one thing. Of course, actually, uh, of course, on the other side, uh, DZ is now a brand under Essential Group. So we have Flywheel and Edge, all those brands in North America and EMEA markets. So in this sense, we do a lot of internal discussion to understand each other even better. And with that, we are at the true end of this episode. Thank you to Amber Chen for taking us through a high-level view of three key marketplaces in China. Be sure to listen to part two, as well as all of the other episodes in our Digital Commerce in APAC Masterclass series. I've been your host, Emma Irwin, and this episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design from Enos Tenji. See you next time.